Good morning, everyone. How are we doing? Nice, humid day, but at least it's not cold. So we can be thankful for that, amen? We're going to start off just with a few things, just to highlight a few things here this morning. First of all, if you're a guest with us this morning, you'll see in the front pew, right in front of you, a part of what we call the Connections Heart. If you can take a few moments just to fill that part out sometime throughout service, you can drop it right in the offering box on the way out. And it's just a way for us to be able to connect with you and say hello. Of course, if you have any questions, we want to be able to, to check in with you and, and talk to you about our church. If you have some questions about who we are and what we do, uh, we'd love to be able to answer those for you. So if you can take a few moments, just get a pen and some cards in front of your queue to fill that out. And also notice on the back, whether you've been uh, coming here for 10 years or one day, this is your first day, we have this thing we call prayer requests cards. Uh, on the very back, you can put your prayer requests in there. And I would just ask that you write them down there. There's a, a checkbox if you want it to be confidential for leadership only, or a box if you want it public for the church. Uh, we gather together every Wednesday night at a, a place called The Gathering. We come here and we do some informal worship and we learn and we grow together, but we also pray over the needs of our church. And we have them all written out. We have a stack about this big right now that we're praying through because we believe in the power of prayer. And we believe that power changes things. And we believe that God can work miracles in each of your circumstances. So I'm going to ask you, if you have a prayer request today, whether you're here for the first time or you've been here for a long time, put that word prayer request on this card so that we can be praying with you. We want to believe with you on that thing that you're praying for, that thing that you're going through. So please take a few moments to do that. And again, same thing. You can drop it right in the offering box on the way out. Um, we'd love to have that be praying with you and praying for you. I also want to let you know, we, we saw on our announcements that we were able to give $1,794.58 to Wings for Fountain Family. And Wings for Fountain Families, of course, you may remember that they serve families in crisis right here in our area. And uh, they have several, um, several people coming up that are in great need. So this is going to come in handy. I'm going to be speaking with them this week to find out exactly know what they're going to be doing with that so I can report back and let you know but uh, these funds are going towards great causes and things that are helping people right here in our community because we think it's important to show our community that we are for them and that we love them and uh, so we're seeing some great things there this month we're supporting the Cape Cod Military Support Foundation which is uh, supporting uh, both the military and their families and veterans they're doing that when I spoke to them over the phone they're doing a lot of food right now just helping people maybe a little bit short on food. And they have some other programs that are going on there too. So I encourage you to maybe look them up and see all that they're doing. But they're doing a great work. And uh, how better to celebrate the birth of our nation than to support our military and their families. Amen? Uh, so that's just a good way that we're doing there. I also want to let you know about Together Again. Thank you. Next Sunday at 5 p.m. we're just going to get together uh, at Town Neck Beach and Sandwich. We're also playing one for Fountain. I'm working on the details there, so I didn't want to announce it quite yet. But uh, we should celebrate the ability to be back together. And we've been meeting together since May, you know, but uh, we haven't really done any events together yet. And uh, this is going to be a, a time of celebration where we can gather together and just be together. And, uh, you know, have a fire. It's going to be a cooking fire. So make sure you bring some things and some sticks or whatever, maybe some hot dogs or sausages or whatever you want to eat. And uh, we can be cooking those over that fire and sandwich. So I want to invite you out to that next week at 5. Now that all that's out of play, we are continuing this series in the book of Ruth, and the series is called No Turning Back, Finding Hope in Tragedy. And one of the things that we've seen about Ruth is she's been through quite a tragedy in her life. Both her and Naomi 
have been taken from their circumstances, specifically because their husbands died. And the sons died. And I kind of left them in a lurch a bit. In an address to the 1984 United States Olympic team, President Ronald Reagan made this comment. He said, you above all people know that it is not just the will to win that counts, but the will to prepare to win. Wherever there's the potential for great gain, there's usually the necessity for equal or greater sacrifice. I'm going to read that again. Wherever there's the potential for great gain, there's usually the necessity of equal or greater sacrifice. Those who excel in their professions understand the relationship between accomplishment and sacrifice. You see, many believers in Christ are unaware of the fact that this principle applies in a spiritual realm as well as our relationships. Wherever there's a potential for great gain, there's usually the necessity for equal or greater sacrifice. You see, many people think that great relationships just happen. Or they believe the fallacy that says, well, can they live happily ever after? In relationships, there's a potential for great gain, but there, in order for that to happen, there needs to be an equal or greater sacrifice. In other words, it takes hard work and sacrifice to keep relationships healthy and growing. They don't just happen. If you're a Christ follower, your relationship to God works in the very same way. It doesn't just happen. It takes effort. In our culture today, marriage gets a bad rap. Many have been quick to highlight the negatives of marriage. Maybe a loss of freedom, a loss to come and go as you please, to buy what you want to buy when you want to buy it, the freedom of spending your time any way that you want. And many have avoided marriage because of the home that they grew up in. They saw the fighting, they felt the pain of divorce, they felt the pain of broken homes. They saw the way that maybe addictions controlled their parents. And all they know of marriage is hurt and pain. So they move together, in together, and it doesn't quite work out, so it's no big deal, right? What we've found over the years, and what we continue to see as research even comes out about this, is it causes just as much pain as if there was a divorce quite often. See, the self-fulfillment they're seeking in relationships often breaks down. Why? Because it's built on the wrong foundations. It's built on the wrong foundations. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 27, Jesus talks a little bit about what this means when they come together, when we, when we truly do what he says to do versus we do things our own way. And he gives a very clear picture of what that looks like. Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 27. It says, Therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the, on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the, on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. sand. I'm not trying to trick you. 
The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. You see, a relationship that's built on the foundation of sand, sinking sand, the sand of this world, the teachings and the thoughts of this world, is doomed to fall apart because it's not built on the right foundations. It's built on sand that is shifting and moving. And only marriage and relationships built on a solid rock will stand the storms of time, the storms of life that often we go through. And it doesn't mean that it can't be redeemed, but until we choose to do it God's way, it is doomed to fall apart. See, the root cause of negativity surrounding marriage is one word. It's selfishness. And this is not to be judgmental, because we can all be selfish. Every one of us, me included. Can we all be selfish at times? Can we just admit that? We can be selfish. It comes naturally. When you have a baby that has a toy and somebody tries to take that toy, what does that baby say? Mine. We can be selfish naturally. We don't have to be taught how to be selfish. We think of Burger King, who says, we can have it our way, right? We can have it your own way. And then we can take it the next step further and say, I want what I want, and I want it now. Essentially, when we do things this way, what we are saying is that we know better than the creator of the universe how to live our lives. That's dangerous ground. Very dangerous ground. Scripture challenges our cultural assumptions about love and marriage. Marriage is not about what we get. It's about what we give. And this is where we learn often to be selfless. See, Scripture challenges us to do it God's way by loving our wives like Christ loved the church. And for wives to respect their husbands. Ephesians 5.33, Paul speaks about this. He says, However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. See, both pieces are needed. There's the love for wife because she needs to sense and feel that love in her husband. And there's respect for the guys because we need to sense and feel that respect. And in the very first book of the Bible, Genesis, God looked all over the earth, and he saw everything that he created was good, except for one thing. It was not good for Adam to be alone. So from the beginning, we were meant to be in relationship, or to have relationships. We were made to have either a spouse or a community of friends and believers to live life with, to go along with. And what we're going to read today, we're going to celebrate a marriage, a new beginning for both Ruth and Naomi in the scripture. But I want you to keep one thing in mind before we get into talking about the marriage celebration. Before Ruth was married, both times, she was single. Before Ruth was married, she was single. And when we get talking about marriage, sometimes those who are single feel left out. And I want to speak directly to that singleness this morning. You see, often in the message celebrating marriage, you tune out because you're feeling as if uh, the conversation isn't for you. I want to recognize your struggles. 
See, the main characters so far in this story are all single. Naomi was an older Jewish widow. Her husbands and sons died, and she was left to pick up the pieces of her life. Ruth was Naomi's mother-in-law, and she was a young widow with no children. Boaz was a middle-aged single man. All three single at the beginning of the story. We see that Naomi and Ruth, they were widows, their spouses died, and from what I hear, those who have lost a spouse, it's a very difficult adjustment to make. The Bible says that two become one, and so when you, your partner dies, you feel incomplete. You go out of place, grief-stricken. You may wonder if your life will ever be happy or fulfilled again. And if you've experienced the loss of your spouse, or you've been divorced, it will take some time to become emotionally stable again. This is where you say that you're in a waiting season. This is the time that you take to grow closer to Christ, to build your relationship, to allow Him to change you and mold you so that you can become emotionally stable again. This is the waiting season. And then another way of singleness, another category of singleness, are those who have been through divorce. Maybe you're divorced for good reason, for maybe abuse or addiction or other very important reasons. Maybe you look back and you see that you're both immature about the expectations you had on marriage. You may have experienced the pain of divorce. And sometimes divorce can be just as difficult as the death of your spouse because you're left again to pick up the pieces of your life and try to figure that out. And the third category of singleness this morning is those who have never been married. This number continues to rise as people choose to live together rather than marry because they've been disillusioned by marriage and so they're reluctant to marry. And there are also many who just choose singleness as they try to walk the will of God out in their lives. They're not sure what the next steps are going to be, but they're just going to continue to serve God. And perhaps there's frustration, maybe, that God hasn't sent someone for you, or provided someone for you, or perhaps you're being wise, and you're waiting on the right person to come along. Because you would rather be happy and single than unhappily married. The secret, according to Paul, is that in whatever situation you find yourself, whether you find yourself single, divorced, not choosing singleness, or whether you're married. The secret to living life is to live life content. Is to be content in whatever situation you find yourself in. Is to continually trust in God for the next steps. And my encouragement to you in your singleness is to maintain your character in whatever stage you find yourself in. See, I often hear rationalizations from Christian single people about how moral standards are low in our society. God is full of grace, they say. He can't expect me to be morally pure at this point in my life. Or maybe, well, we're going to get married anyway. It may be very difficult to keep your moral standards today, but I know it's possible. And I also know, according to his word, that it's his will for your life. You may have a tough Someone like Joseph had a tough as well. He was single, he was nearly 30, and he was being hit on by a married woman. 
and Potiphar, actually Potiphar's wife. She approached him. She wanted to sleep with him, and he refused. It wasn't long before God honored his purity. God honored his decision. See, in the story of Ruth, Ruth started out with Boaz noticing her in the field. What was Ruth doing? She was just trying to get along in life. She was trying to figure out the next step. She was trying to provide for her and Naomi food so that they could make it to the next day or the next week or the next month. She wasn't searching for a relationship, but she had just been trying to move forward after the loss of a spouse and the difficulties that she felt there. Trying to get back to some form of normality. Trying to eat out of it. I just want to say, say to you this morning, if you are walking in God's will, He will bring the right person to you at the right time. Amen. If you're choosing to not stay single, He will bring the right person to you in the right time. This story, the book of Ruth, in particular, particularly this chapter, we're talking about new beginnings. New beginnings. Some of us all need just a restart. We need a reset. Maybe a post-pandemic reset in our lives. A new beginning where we begin to see God through how he's been at work through all of these circumstances happening in our world and in our nation. Some of us need a reset button to begin to change the way that we see things. Begin to see the way that God's working in our lives and in the lives of others. To begin to see the opportunity that he's giving us to reach those who do not know him. This is a story about new beginnings. And it may just be that you need a new beginning as well. It may just be that you need a new start in your life as well. And so this morning, let's read it together from Ruth chapter 4. We'll read verses 11 through 12. It says, Then the elders and all the people standing in the gate replied, We are witnesses. Now you might remember last week we talked about how they came together to work on this deal with the kinsman redeemer and then Boaz who is next in line. It says, may the Lord make this woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah from whom all the nation of Israel descended. May you prosper in Ephrathah and be famous in Bethlehem. And may the Lord give you descendants by this young man who will be like those, by this young woman, and who will be like those of our ancestor Perez, the son of Tamar and Judah. The story is a story about new beginnings. After all the tragedy that Ruth and Naomi have been through, after the loss of their husbands, after traveling to another land, after Ruth leaving everything behind and leaving her family behind, now we're beginning to see that God's hand was at work through every part of this tragedy, that there was hope in the midst of everything that they were going through. And she left her land with no guarantees. No guarantees. <laughs> there's going to be anything for her in the place to come. See, Ruth had a no-turning-back mentality. Amen. A mentality that would not be swayed by circumstances. And my challenge to each one of us as believers in Christ is that we have that same no-turning-back mentality. That no matter what circumstances bring, we will continue to not be swayed. And we will continue to follow after Christ. Because our foundation is not built on the shifting sands of this world, but our foundation is built on the solid rock of Christ. Amen. 
Amen. I'm Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. You see, out of tragedy, there is celebration. Mm-hmm. Because can I say to you this morning, if you've been facing tragedy, you may be around the corner in your celebration. Amen. You see, the community will come together and celebrate, and they're going to rejoice in this marriage. This is a great redemption story. <clears throat> your story can end in redemption. Your story can end in that same celebration. No matter what tragedy you're going through right now, or no matter what tragedy you've gone through in the past, your story can change today because of your hope in Christ. This sacred union involves a commitment. This marriage that we're talking about today involves a commitment before God and before God's people. That's why these people are chiding in. Because it's a covenant. It solidifies God's blessing and the blessing of God's people on the marriage. And blessing is declared over this marriage. May you prosper. May your name be famous. And may Ruth give you many descendants. May Ruth give you many children. You're pronouncing a blessing over this marriage. Here's a little bit of a side note. Children should be seen as a blessing and not a blessing. So often, they can be seen as a nuisance in life. We live in a nation that often sees them as a burden or as a right. Millions of potential children have been lost due to abortion. I want to say to you this morning, not in a judgmental spirit, but out of love, that if you had to make that difficult decision, know that grace and God's forgiveness can cover everything. Mistake. You see, we we put children to the side and made them nuisances or burdens. Scripture teaches us that children are a blessing from the Lord. Children are a blessing from the Lord, and this is why they're blessing Ruth, saying, "May she have many children." May she be blessed. May Boaz be blessed. Why? Because this is a new beginning for them. The new lease on life began with trusting Boaz and letting him work on her behalf. <coughs> Ruth went from loneliness to love. And so can you. Ruth went from toil to rest. You can go from toil to rest. Ruth went from poverty to wealth, from poverty to God's providing for her. She went from worry to assurance. The Bible says that we don't have anything by worrying. But she went from worry to now assurance, knowing that she's taken care of, that she's going to be protected by her kinsman redeemer. She went from despair to hope. encourage you this morning. You can go through those same things. You can go from loneliness to love. You can go from toil to rest. You can go from poverty to provision. You can go from worry to assurance. You can go from despair to hope. Especially if you have your foundation built on the right thing. See, in this celebration, she's no longer Ruth 
the Moabitess. She now is Ruth, the wife of Boaz. Amen. It's a new beginning. And it all started with her no turning back attitude. And can I share with you this morning that your new beginning can happen today. You don't have to wait. Maybe you have to wait. But your first step is relationship with Christ. You see, the Church of Jesus Christ is referred to as the Bride of Christ in Scripture. When you read passages about marriage, often it's even reflective of our relationship with God the Father. And the Bible says that Jesus will return for a spotless bride. What does that spotless bride mean? It means sinless. Is there anyone in here that's sinless that's ready for that? No. Is there any church that's sinless that's ready for that? No. We're only spotless because of what Christ has done, because of his forgiveness in our lives. That's what he's coming back for. Those that have given their lives over to him. Jesus died so that we can be forgiven. So that we can be the spotless bride when he returns. You see, our first parents, Adam and Eve, thought that they knew better than God. They wanted to do what they wanted to do. They thought that he was trying to keep them from something good. And it turns out, he was just trying to keep them from something God told them that they would surely die if they ate of this fruit. And they did not die right away physically, but they did die spiritually the moment they took life. And so do we when we live in sin. So do we when we choose to live our way over God's way. But, but, but the good news is that Jesus Christ came to give us life. And he came to give us life more abundantly. You see, that thing, that temptation, that attitude, that pride that caused your spirit to drive, that attitude that, that continually went against God, that caused your spirit to dry up and to die. Jesus came to bring new life to that death. New life when you died spiritually and dried up. And the Bible says that he will give you the Holy Spirit which will flow through you like living waters, that dryness begin to be soaked in his spirit. Jesus came to bring new life, and he came to breathe new life into your and my dead spirit. You can have that new life today, but here's one thing it requires of you. To die to yourself. Die to selfishness. Die to your will. Die to what you want, and become alive to what God wants. See, he wants us to be alive again, to breathe his spirit into us so that we can experience what it means when he says that he came to give us life and to give it more abundantly. You may be here this morning, or maybe you're watching online, and you think it's too late for you. You've messed up too many times. There's no way that God is going to accept you where you are today. I'm going to give you a brief story from the scripture tells us that that's just not true. It's a lie of the enemy trying to hold you back. There's a story of King David and Bathsheba. David slept with another man's wife and she became pregnant. And David tried to cover up his sin and eventually had Bathsheba's husband killed. Were they outside of God's plan? Yes. 
and they faced terrible consequences for their sin. David pleaded with God for forgiveness. And he was washed by the snow. He was cleansed. Even though the child born out of the sinful relationship died, and was part of the consequence, eventually Solomon was born. Solomon was a, considered one of the wisest men that ever lived on this earth. He walked with God. So you can't go back and unscramble eggs. You can't go back and change the mistakes they past. But you can pick up where you are now. You can ask forgiveness and grace over your past and pledge to walk in God's will from this day forward. Let's pray. We can bow our heads this morning. Lord, I pray that you would reveal to us any area of selfishness so that we can die to self. So that we can become more like you. So that we can live life more abundantly. For those this morning that are struggling in their singleness, I pray that you would give them your grace and that they would be assured of your love for them. And that you would provide the right relationships needed so that they never feel alone. Maybe there are those this morning that are struggling in their marriage. Lord, I pray for them right now that we would all learn how to best show love and respect to one another. I pray that you would continue to grow and protect our marriages, that we would glorify you in the way that we love each other. Lord, we come before you this morning, and we know that we're in need of your help. Help us, Lord. We need you. We need your love your grace over us. We need your Holy Spirit to reveal areas that we continually fall short. And we pray that your Holy Spirit would do his work in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> now you're maybe listening this morning or watching online, maybe you're here today and you've never given your life over to Jesus Christ. Or maybe you have in the past that you've walked away. This morning, you, you're aware that you need a new beginning. One of the things that I know about the God that I serve is that he can redeem your past and help you to change from this day moving forward. He has promised that he will forgive all of your sins. Everything you've done in the past, all you have to do is ask and receive him in your life to get a brand new start, to get a new beginning. And we all need new beginnings at different periods of our lives. If you've never surrendered your life to Christ, or you need to renew your commitment to Him, today is the day to do that. Don't wait for another day. Don't wait until tomorrow. You can be sure of your salvation right now with just a simple prayer. And the prayer is not magic. You simply say these words in your heart and mean them as you're saying them. And we believe that God will begin to, to come in and to change you. And you're going to feel a likeness as that sin burden that you've been carrying begins to lift. We can just bow our heads and if this is you this morning, I'm not going to call you out and make you stand up. I simply want you to say this prayer either in your heart or you can say it out loud or whisper it in your seat if you'd like to. Lord, I believe you died for my sin so that I can be redeemed. So that I can have a new beginning. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you rose again. Forgive me of my sins. Today I give you my life. Make me new right now and fill me with your holy.
you said that prayer, I want to encourage you to download a free app on your phone called YouVersion. And there's a devotional you can search for called First Steps for New Believers. I want to encourage you to download the app to read through that First Steps for New Believers to help you continue to grow in your faith. And my next encouragement to you that's really necessary in the next steps in the next coming days is that if you're local here to get plugged into to our church, we are a church that can stand on God's word and we want to see you continue to grow. If you're not local, find a good Bible-believing church that's teaching God's word just get plugged in and allow God to continue to work on you in the same way that he works on me and he works on all of us. I want to ask the congregation to stand as I read this passage over you, as I read this blessing over us and also a remembrance of where we came from. It comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 to 21. It says, this means anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all that this is, and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to Himself through Christ. And God has given us this task, reconciling people to Him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to Himself, no longer counting God's sins against them. And He gave this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making His appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. My charge to you this morning as you leave this place is to go and walk in the newness of life given to you. Go and to work to reconcile the world as Christ's ambassadors in the world around us. And go and make people right with God through Christ and through your testimony. Amen. God bless you. Have a great Sunday. We'll see you next time.